0: July of the Diary of Samuel Pepys, sixteen sixty five. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Diary of Samuel Pepys, sixteen sixty five, by Samuel Pepys, July sixteen sixty five. July first, sixteen sixty five. Called up betimes, though weary and sleepy, by appointment by Mr. Povey and Colonel Norwood, to discourse about some payments of Tangier. They gone, I to the office, and there sat all the morning, at noon dined at home, and then to the Duke of Albemarle's by appointment, to give him an account of some disorder in the yard at Portsmouth, by workmen's going away of their own accord for lack of money, to get work of haymaking, or anything else, to earn themselves bread. Thence to Westminster, where I hear the sickness increases greatly, and to the harp and ball with Mary talking, who tells me simply her losing of her first love in the country in Wales, and coming up hither unknown to her friends, and it seems Dr. Williams do pretend love to her, and I have found him there several times, thence by coach and late at the office and so to bed, sad at the news that seven or eight houses in Basinghall Street are shut up of the plague. Second Sunday. Up and all the morning dressing my closet at the office with my plates very neatly, and a fine place now it is, and will be a pleasure to sit in, though I thank God I needed none before. At noon dined at home, and after dinner to my accounts and cast some up, and find that though I have spent above ninety pounds this month, yet I have saved seventeen pounds, and am worth in all above one thousand four hundred and fifty pounds, for which the Lord be praised. In the evening my lady Penn and daughter come to see, and supped with us, then a messenger about business of the office from Sir G. Carteret at Chatham, and by word of mouth did send me word that the business between my Lord and him is fully agreed on, and is mightily liked of by the King and the Duke of York, and that he sent me this word with great joy. They gone, we to bed." I hear this night that Sir J. Lawson was buried late last night at St. Dunstan's by us, without any company at all, and that the condition of his family is but very poor, which I could be contented to be sorry for, though he never was the man that ever obliged me by word or deed. Third, up and by water, with Sir W. Batten and Sir J. Minnes to Whitehall, to the Duke of Albemarle, where, after a little business, we parted, and I to the harp and ball, and there stayed a while, talking to Mary, and so home to dinner. After dinner, to the Duke of Albemarle's again, and so to the Swan, and there, de un peu de temps quand la fille, and so to the Harp and, ball, and alone, de un peu de temps, besant là, and so away home, and late at the office about letters, and so home, resolving from this night forwards to close all my letters, if possible, and end all my business at the office by daylight, and I shall go near to do it, and put all my affairs in the world in good order, the season growing so sickly, that it is much to be feared how a man can escape having a share with others in it, for which the good Lord God bless me, ought to be fitted to receive it. So after supper to bed, and mightily troubled in my sleep all night with dreams of Jack Cole, my old school fellow lately dead, who was born at the same time with me, and we reckoned our fortunes pretty equal. God fit me for his condition. Fourth. Up and sat at the office all the morning, at noon to the change, and thence to the dolphin, where a good dinner, at the cost of one Mr. Osbaston, who lost a wager to Sir W. Batten, Sir W. Ryder, and Sir R. Ford, a good while since, and now it is spent. The wager was that ten of our ships should not have a fight with ten of the enemies before Michaelmas. Here was other very good company, and merry, and at last in come Mr. Buckworth, a very fine gentleman, and proves to be a Huntingdonshire man. Thence to my office, and there all the afternoon till night, and so home to settle some accounts of Tangier and other papers. I hear this day the Duke and Prince Rupert are both come back from sea, and neither of them go back again. The latter I much wonder at, but it seems the town reports so, and I am very glad of it. This morning I did a good piece of work with Sir W. Warren, ending the business of the lotteries, wherein, honestly, I think I shall get above a hundred pounds. Banker, it seems, is come home with the little fleet he hath been abroad with, without doing anything, so that there is nobody of an enemy at sea. We are in great hopes of meeting with the Dutch East India fleet, which is mighty rich, or with de Ruyter, who is so also. Sir Richard Ford told me this day at table a fine account, how the Dutch were like to have been mastered by the present Prince of Orange. His father to be besieged in Amsterdam, having drawn an army of foot into the town, and horse near to the town by night, within three miles of the town, and they never knew of it, but by chance the Hamburg post in the night fell among the horse, and heard their design, and knowing the way, it being very dark and rainy, better than they, went from them, and did give notice to the town, before the others could reach the town, and so were saved. It seems this De Witt, and another family, the Beckarts, were among the chief of the families that were enemies to the prince, and were afterwards suppressed by the prince, and continued so, till he was, as they say, poisoned. And then they turned all again, as it was, against the young prince, and have so carried it to this day, it being about twelve and fourteen years, and a wit in the head of them. Fifth. Up and advised about sending of my wife's bedding and things to Woolwich in order to her removal thither. So to the office, where all the morning till noon, and so to the change, and thence home to dinner. In the afternoon I abroad to St. James's, and there with Mr. Coventry a good while, and understand how matters are ordered in the fleet, that is, my Lord Sandwich goes admiral, under him Sir G. Askew and Sir T. Teddyman, Vice-Admiral, Sir W. Penn, and under him Sir W. Barclay and Sir Jos. Jordan, Rear Admiral Sir Thomas Allen, and under him Sir Christopher Mings, and Captain Harmon. We talked in general of business of the Navy, among others how he had lately spoken to Sir G. Carteret, and professed great resolution of friendship with him, and reconciliation, and resolves to make it good as well as he can, though it troubles him, he tells me, that something will come before him wherein he must give him offence, "'but I do find upon the whole that Mr. Coventry do not listen to these complaints of money "'with the readiness and resolvedness to remedy that he used to do, "'and I think if he begins to draw in, it is high time for me to do so too. "'From thence walked round to Whitehall, the part being quite locked up, "'and I observed a house shut up this day in the Pall Mall, "'where heretofore in Cromwell's time we young men used to keep our weekly clubs. "'And so to Whitehall to Sir G. Carteret, who is come this day from Chatham "'and mighty glad he is to see me,' and began to talk of our great business of the match, which goes on as fast as possible. But for convenience we took water and over to his coach to Lambeth, by which we went to Deptford, all the way talking, first how matters are quite concluded with all possible content between my lord and him, and signed and sealed, so that my lady sandwich is to come thither to-morrow or next day, and the young lady is sent for, and all likely to be ended between them in a very little while, with mighty joy on both sides, and the king, duke, lord-chancellor, and all mightily pleased. Thence to news, wherein I find that Sir G. Carteret do now take all my lord Sandwich's business to heart, and makes it the same with his own. He tells me how at Chatham it was proposed to my lord Sandwich to be joined with the prince in the command of the fleet, which he was most willing to, but when it come to the prince he was quite against it, saying there could be no government, but that it would be better to have two fleets, and neither under the command of the other, which he would not agree to. So the king was not pleased, but without any unkindness did order the fleet to be ordered as above as to the admirals and commands, so the princes come up, and Sir G. Carteret I remember, had this word thence. That, says he, by this means, though the king told him that it would be but for this expedition, yet I believe we shall keep him out for altogether. He tells me how my lord was much troubled at Sir W. Penn's being ordered forth, as it seems he is, to go to Sol Bay, and with the best fleet he can to go forth and no notice taken of my lord sandwich going after him, and having the command over him. But after some discourse Mr. Coventry did satisfy, as he says, my lord, so as they parted friends, both in that point, and upon the other, wherein I know my lord was troubled, and which Mr. Coventry did speak to him of first, thinking that my lord might justly take offence at his not being mentioned in the relation of the fight in the news-book, and did clear all to my lord how little he was concerned in it, and therewith my lord also satisfied, which I am mightily glad of, "'because I should take it a very great misfortune to me "'to have them to to differ above all the persons in the world. "'Being come to Deptford, my lady not being within, we parted, and I by water to Woolwich, "'where I found my wife come and her two maids, "'and very prettily accommodated they will be. "'And I left them going to supper, "'grieved in my heart to part with my wife, "'being worse by much without her, "'though some trouble there is in having the care of a family at home "'in this plague-time. "'And so took leave, and I in one boat, "'and W. Hewer in another, home, very late.' First against tide, we having walked in the dark to Greenwich, late home and to bed, very lonely. Sixth, up and forth to give order to my pretty grocer's wife's house, who, her husband tells me, is going this day for the summer into the country, I bespoke some sugar, etc., for my father, and so home to the office, where all the morning, at noon dined at home, and then by water to Whitehall to Sir G. Carteret about money for the office, a sad thought, for in a little while all must go to rack, winter coming on apace, when a great sum must be ready to pay part of the fleet, and so far we are from it that we have not enough to stop the mouths of poor people and their hands from falling about our ears here, almost, in the office. God give a good end to it. Sir G. Carteret told me one considerable thing. Alderman Backwell is ordered abroad upon some private score with a great sum of money, wherein I was instrumental the other day in shipping him away. It seems some of his creditors have taken notice of it, and he was like to be broke yesterday in his absence. "'said G. Carteret, telling me that the king and the kingdom "'must as good as fall with that man at this time, "'and that he was forced to get four thousand pounds himself "'to answer Backwell's people's occasions. "'Or he must have broke, "'but committed this to me as a great secret, "'and which I am heartily sorry to hear. "'Then, after a little merry discourse of our marrying business, "'I parted, and by coach, to several places, "'among others to see my lord Brunkard, who is not well, "'but was at rest when I come. "'I could not see him, nor had much mind,' one of the great houses within two doors of him being shut up, and, Lord, the number of houses visited, which this day I observed through the town quite round in my way by Long Lane and London Wall. So home to the office, and thence to Sir W. Batten, and spent the evening at supper, and, among other discourse, the rashness of Sir John Lawson for breeding up his daughter so high and proud, refusing a man of great interest, Sir W. Barclay, to match her with a melancholy fellow, Colonel Norton's son, of no interest nor good nature nor generosity at all, giving her six thousand pounds, when the other would have taken her with two. When he himself knew that he was not worth the money himself in all the world, he did give her that portion, and is since dead, and left his wife and two daughters, beggars, and the other gone away with six thousand pounds and no content in it, through the ill qualities of her father-in-law and husband, who it seems, though, a pretty woman, contracted for her as if he had been buying a horse, and worst of all is now of no use to serve the mother and two little sisters in any stead at court, whereas the other might have done what he would for her. So here's an end of this family's pride which, with good care, might have been what they would and done well. Thence, weary of this discourse, as the act of the greatest rashness that ever I heard of in all my little conversation, we parted, and I home to bed. Sir W. Penn, it seems, sailed last night from Sol Bay with about sixty sail of ship, and my Lord Sandwich and the Prince, and some others, it seems, going after them to overtake them, for I am sure my Lord Sandwich will do all possible to overtake them, and will be trouble to the heart if he do it not. Seventh, Up, and having set my neighbour, Mr. Hudson, wine-coopers, at work, drawing out a tierce of wine for the sending of some of it to my wife, I abroad, only taking notice to what a condition it hath pleased God to bring me, that at this time I have two tierces of claret, two casks of canary, and a smaller vessel of sack, a vessel of tent, another of malaga, and another of white wine, all in my wine-cellar together, which I believe none of my friends of my name now alive, ever had of his own, at one time. To Westminster, and there with Mr. Povey and Creed, talking of our Tangier business, and by and by I drew Creed aside, and acquainted him with what Sir G. Carteret did tell me about Backwell the other day, because he hath money of his in his hands. So home, taking some new books, five pounds worth, home to my great content. At home all the day after, busy. Some excellent discourse and advice of Sir W. Warren's in the afternoon. At night, home to look over my new books, and so late to bed. Eighth. All day, very diligent at the office, ended my letters by nine at night, and then fitted myself to go down to Woolwich to my wife, which I did, calling at Sir G. Carteret's at Deptford, and there hear that my lady sandwich is come, but not very well. By twelve o'clock to Woolwich found my wife asleep in bed, but strange to think what a fine night I had down, but before I had been one minute on shore the mightiest storm come of wind and rain, that almost could be, for a quarter of an hour, and so left. I to bed, being the first time I come to her lodgings, and there lodged well. Ninth, Lord's Day. Very pleasant with her and among my people, while she made her ready, and about ten o'clock by water to Sir G. Carteret, and there find my lady in her chamber, not very well, but looks the worse almost that ever I did see her in my life. It seems her drinking of the water at Tunbridge did almost kill her, before she could with most violent physic get it out of her body again. We are received with most extraordinary kindness by my lady Carteret, and her children, and dined most nobly. Sir G. Carteret went to court this morning. After dinner I took occasion to have much discourse with Mr. Phil Carteret, and find him a very modest man, and I think verily of mighty good nature and pretty understanding. He did give me a good account of the fight with the Dutch. My lady sandwich dined in her chamber. About three o'clock I, leaving my wife there, took boat and home, and there shifted myself into my black silk suit, and having promised Harmon yesterday, I to his house, which I find very mean, and mean company." His wife very ill i could not see her here i with her father and kate joyce who was also very ill were godfathers and godmother to his boy and was christened will mr merriton christened him the most observable thing i found there to my content was to hear him and his clerk tell me that in this parish of mitchell's cornhill one of the middlemost parishes and a great one of the town there hath notwithstanding this sickliness been buried of any disease man woman or child not one for thirteen months last past which is very strange and the like in a good degree in most other parishes I hear, saving only of the plague in them, but in this neither the plague nor any other disease. So back again home, and reshifted myself, and so down to my Lady Carteret's, where mighty merry, and great pleasantness, between my Lady Sandwich and the young ladies, and me, and all of us mighty merry, there never having been in the world sure a greater business of general content, than this match proposed between Mr. Carteret and my Lady Jemima but withal it is mighty pretty to think how my poor lady sandwich between her and me is doubtful whether her daughter will like of it or no, and how troubled she is for fear of it. Which I do not fear at all, and desire her not to do it, but her fear is the most discreet and pretty that ever I did see. Late here, and then my wife and I, with most hearty kindness from my lady Carteret by boat to Woolwich, come thither about twelve at night, and so to bed. 10. Up and with great pleasure looking over a nest of puppies of Mr. Sheldon's with which my wife is most extraordinarily pleased, and one of them is promised her. Anon I took my leave, and away by water to the Duke of Albemarle's, where he tells me that I must be at Hampton Court anon. So I home to look over my Tangier papers, and having a coach of Mr. Povey's attending me, by appointment, in order to my coming to dine at his country house at Brainford, where he and his family is, I went, and Mr. Tasborough with me therein, it being a pretty chariot, but most inconvenient as to the horses throwing dust and dirt into one's eyes and upon one's clothes. There I stayed a quarter of an hour, Creed being there, and being able to do little business, but the less the better. Creed rode before, and Mr. Povey and I after him in the chariot, and I was set down by him at the park pale, where one of his saddle-horses was ready for me, he himself not daring to come into the house or be seen, because that a servant of his, out of his horse, happened to be sick, but is not yet dead, but was never suffered to come into his house after he was ill. But this opportunity was taken to injure Povey, and most horribly he is abused by some persons hereupon, and his fortune, I believe, quite broke, but that he hath a good heart to bear, or a cunning one to conceal his evil. There I met with Sir W. Coventry, and by and by was heard by my Lord Chancellor and Treasurer about our Tangier money, and my Lord Treasurer had ordered me to forbear meddling with the fifteen thousand pounds he offered me the other day, but upon opening the case to them they did offer it again, and so I think I shall have it, but my Lord General must give his consent in it; this money having been promised to him, and he very angry at the proposal here, though I have not been in many years, yet I lack time to stay, besides that it is I perceive an unpleasing thing to be at court, every body being fearful one of another, and also sad inquiring after the plague, so that I stole away by my horse to Kingston, and there, with trouble, was forced to press two sturdy rogues to carry me to London and met at the waterside with Mr. Charnock, Sir Philip Warwick's clerk, who had been in company and was quite foxed. I took him with me in my boat, and so away to Richmond, and there by night walked with him to Mortlake, a very pretty walk. And there stayed a good while, now and then talking and sporting with Nan the servant, who says she is a seaman's wife, and at last bade good-night. eleventh, And so all night down by water a most pleasant passage, and come thither by two o'clock, and so walked from the old swan home, and there to bed, to my will, being very weary, and he lodging at my desire in my house. At six o'clock, up and to Westminster, where, and all the town besides, I hear, the plague increases, and it being too soon to go to the Duke of Albemarle, I to the harp and ball, and there made a bargain with Mary to go forth with me in the afternoon, which she with much ado consented to. So I to the Duke of Albemarle's, and there with much ado, did get his consent in part to my having the money promised for Tangier, and the other part did not concur. So, being displeased with this, I back to the office, and there sat alone a while, doing business, and then by a solemn invitation to the Trinity House, where a great dinner and company, Captain Dobbins' feast for elder brother. But I broke up before the dinner half over, and by water to the harp and ball, and thence had Mary meet me at the new exchange, and there took coach, and I with great pleasure took the air to Highgate, and thence to Hampstead, much pleased with her company, pretty and innocent, and had what pleasure almost I would with her, And so at night, weary and sweaty, it being very hot beyond bearing, we back again, and I set her down in St. Martin's Lane, and so I to the evening change, and there hear all the town full that Ostend is delivered to us, and that Alderman Backwell did go with fifty thousand pounds to that purpose, but the truth of it I do not know, but something I believe there is extraordinary in his going. So to the office, where I did what I could as to letters, and so away to bed, shifting myself and taking some Venice treacle, feeling myself out of order, and thence to bed, to sleep. twelfth. After doing what business I could in the morning, it being a solemn fast day for the plague growing upon us, I took boat and down to Deptford, where I stood with great pleasure an hour or two by my lady sandwich's bedside, talking to her, she lying prettily in bed, of my lady Jemima's being from my lady Pickering's, when our letters come to that place, she being at my Lord Montague's, at Bowton. The truth is, I had received letters of it two days ago, but had dropped them, and was in a very extraordinary strait what to do for them, or what account to give my lady, but sent to every place. I sent to Mortlake, where I had been the night before, and there they were found, which with mighty joy come safe to me, but all ending with satisfaction to my lady and me, though I find my lady Carteret not much pleased with this delay, and principally because of the plague, which renders it unsafe to stay long at Deptford. I eat a bit, my lady Carteret being the most kind lady in the world and so took boat, and a fresh boat at the tar, and so up the river, against tide all the way, I having lost it by staying prating to and with my lady, and from before one, made it seven ere we got to Hampton Court, and when I come there all business was over, saving my finding Mr. Coventry at his chamber, and with him a good while about several businesses at his chamber, and so took leave and away to my boat, and all night upon the water, staying a while with Nan at Mortlake, very much pleased and merry with her, and so on, homeward, and come home by two o'clock, shooting the bridge at that time of night, and so to bed. Where I find Will is not, he staying at Woolwich to come with my wife to dinner to-morrow to my lady Carteret's. Heard Mr. Williamson repeat at Hampton Court to-day how the King of France hath lately set out a most high arrest against the Pope, which is reckoned very lofty and high. Thirteenth. Lay long, being sleepy, and then up to the office, my Lord Brunker, after his sickness, being come to the office, and did what business there was. And so I by water, at night late, to Sir G. Carteret's, but there being no oars to carry me, I was fain to call a sculler that had a gentleman already in it, and he proved a man of love to music, and he and I sung together the way down with great pleasure, and an instant extraordinary to be met with. They come to dinner, they having dined, but my lady caused something to be brought for me, and I dined well and mighty merry, especially my lady Slaning and I about eating of cream and brown bread, which she loves as much as I. Thence, after long discourse with them and my lady alone, I and my wife, who by agreement met here, took leave, and I saw my wife a little way down, it troubling me that this absence makes us a little strange instead of more fond, and so parted, and I home to some letters and then home to bed. Above seven hundred died of the plague this week. 14. Up and all the morning at the Exchequer endeavouring to strike tallies for money for Tangier, and mightily vexed to see how people attend there, some out of town, and others drowsy, and to others it was late, so that the king's business suffers ten times more than all their service is worth. So I am put off to to-morrow. Thence to the old exchange by water, and there bespoke two fine shirts of my pretty seamstress, who, she tells me, serves Jack Finn. Upon the change all the news is that guns have been heard, and that news is come by a Dane that my lord was in view of de Reuter and that since his parting from my lord of sandwich he hath heard guns, but little of it do I think true. So home to dinner, where Povey by agreement, and after dinner we to talk of our tangier matters, about keeping our profit at the pay and victualling of the garrison, if the present undertakers should leave it, wherein I did not, nor will do, anything unworthy me and any just man. But they being resolved to quit it, it is fit I should suffer Mr. Povey to do what he can with Mr. Gordon about it to our profit.' Thence to the discoursing of putting some sums of money in order and tallies, which we did pretty well. So he in the evening gone, I by water to Sir G. Carteret's, and there find my Lady sandwich and her buying things for my lady Jem's wedding. And my lady Jem is beyond expectation come to Dagenham, where Mr. Carteret is to go to visit her to-morrow. And my proposal of waiting on him, he being to go alone to all persons strangers to him, was well accepted, and so I go with him. But, Lord, "'to see how kind my lady Carteret is to her, "'sends her most rich jewels, "'and provides bedding and things of all sorts "'most richly for her, "'which makes my lady and me out of our wits almost "'to see the kindness she treats us all with, "'as if they would buy the young lady. "'Thence away home, "'and foreseeing my being abroad two days, "'did sit up late, "'making of letters ready against to-morrow, "'and other things, "'and so to bed, "'to be up betimes by the help of a lyre and watch, "'which by chance I borrowed of my watchmaker to-day, "'while my own is mending.' Fifteenth, Up, and after all business done, though late, I to Deptford, but before I went out of the office saw the young Bagwell's wife return, but could not stay to speak to her, though I had a great mind to it, and also another great lady, as to fine clothes, did attend there to have a ticket signed, which I did do, taking her through the garden to my office, where I signed it, and had a salute of her, and so I away by boat to Redriff, and thence walked and after-dinner at Sir G. Carteret's, where they stayed till almost three o'clock for me, and anon took boat, Mr. Carteret and I, to the ferry-place at Greenwich, and there stayed an hour crossing the water, to and again to get our coach and horses over, and by and by set out, and so toward Dagenham's. But, Lord, what silly discourse we had by the way as to love matters, he being the most awkward man I ever met within my life as to that business. Thither we come, by that time it begun to be dark, and were kindly received by Lady Wright and my Lord Crewe. And to discourse they went, my Lord discoursing with him, Asking of him questions of travel, which he answered well enough in a few words, but nothing to the lady from him at all. To supper, and after supper, to talk again, he yet taking no notice of the lady, my lord would have had me have consented to leaving the young people together to-night, to begin their amours, his stay being but to be little. But I advised against it, lest the lady might be too much surprised. So they led him up to his chamber, where I stayed a little, to know how he liked the lady, which he told me he did mightily, but lord! in the dullest insipid manner that ever lover did. So I bid him good night, and down to prayers with my Lord Crewe's family, and after prayers, my Lord and Lady Wright and I, to consult what to do. And it was agreed at last to have them go to church together, as the family used to do, though his lameness was a great objection against it. But at last my Lady Jem sent me word by my Lady Wright, that it would be better to do just as they used to do before his coming, and therefore she desired to go to church, which was yielded then too. 16. Lord's Day I up, having lain with Mr. Moore in the chaplain's chamber, and having trimmed myself down to Mr. Carteret, and he being ready, we down and walked in the gallery an hour or two, it being a most noble and pretty house that ever, for the bigness, I saw. Here I taught him what to do, to take the lady always by the hand to lead her, and telling him that I would find opportunity to leave them two together, he should make these and these compliments, and also take a time to do the light to Lord Crewe and Lady Wright. After I had instructed him, which he thanked me for, owning that he needed my teaching him, my lord crew come down, and family, the young lady among the rest, and so by coaches to church four miles off, where a pretty good sermon, and a declaration of penitence of a man that had undergone the church's censure for his wicked life. Thence back again by coach, Mr. Carteret having not had the confidence to take his lady once by the hand, coming or going, which I told him of when we come home, and he will hereafter do it. So to dinner. My lord, excellent discourse." then to walk in the gallery and to sit down. By and by my lady Wright and I go out, and then my lord Crewe, he not by design, and lastly my lady Crewe come out, and left the young people together. And a little pretty daughter of my lady Wright's most innocently come out afterward and shut the door too, as if she had done it, poor child, by inspiration, which made us without have good sport to laugh at. They together an hour, and by and by church time, whither he led her into the coach and into the church, and so at church all the afternoon, several handsome ladies at church, but it was most extraordinary hot that ever I knew it. So home again, and to walk in the gardens, where we left the young couple a second time, and my lady Wright and I to walk together, who to my trouble tells me that my lady Jem must have something done to her body by Scot before she can be married, and therefore care must be had to send him, also that some more new clothes must of necessity be made her, which, and other things, I took care of. Anon to supper, an excellent discourse and dispute between my lord Crewe and the chaplain, who is a good scholar but a nonconformist. Here this evening I spoke with Mrs. Carter, my old acquaintance, that hath lived with my lady these twelve or thirteen years. The sum of all whose discourse and others for her is that I would get her a good husband, which I have promised, but know not when I shall perform. After Mister. Carter, it was carried to his chamber, we to prayers again, and then to bed. Seventeenth. "'Up, all of us, and to billiards, my lady right, Mr. Carteret, myself, and everybody. By and by the young couple left together. Anon to dinner, and after dinner Mr. Carteret took my advice about giving to the servants, and I let him to give ten pounds among them, which he did, by leaving it to the chief man servant, Mr. Meadows, to do for him. Before we went I took my lady Jem apart, and would know how she liked this gentleman, and whether she was under any difficulty concerning him. She blushed and hid her face a while, but at last I forced her to tell me.' She answered that she could readily obey what her father and mother had done, which was all she could say, or I expect. So anon I took leave, and for London, but, Lord, to see, among other things, how all these great people here are feared of London, being doubtful of anything that comes from thence, or that hath lately been there, that I was forced to say that I lived wholly at Woolwich. In our way, Mr. Cartret did give me mighty thanks for my care and pains for him, and is mightily pleased, though the truth is, my lady Jem hath carried herself with mighty discretion and gravity, not being forward at all in any degree, but mighty serious in her answers to him, as by what he says, and I observed, I collect. To London to my office, and there took letters from the office, where all well, and so to the bridge, and there he and I took boat, and to Deptford, where mighty welcome, and brought the good news of all being pleased to them. Mighty mirth at my giving them an account of all, but the young man could not be got to say one word before me or my lady sandwich of his adventures, but by what he afterwards related to his father and mother and sisters, he gives an account that pleases them mightily. Here Sir G. Carteret would have me lie all night, which I did most nobly, better than ever I did in my life, Sir G. Carteret being mighty kind to me, leading me to my chamber, and all their care now is to have the business ended, and they have reason, because the sickness puts all out of order, and they cannot safely stay where they are. Eighteenth. Up and to the office, where well all the morning, and so to my house, and eat a bit of victuals, and so to the change, where a little business, and a very thin exchange, and so walked through London to the temple, where I took water for Westminster to the Duke of Albemarle, to wait on him, and so to Westminster Hall, and there paid for my news-books, and did give Mrs. Mitchell, who is going out of town because of the sickness, and her husband, a pint of wine, and so Sir W. Warren, coming to me by appointment, we away by water home, by the way discoursing about the project I have of getting some money and doing the king good service too, about the mast dock at Woolwich, which I fear will never be done if I do not go about it. After dispatching letters at the office, I by water down to Deptford, where I stayed a little while, and by water to my wife, whom I have not seen six or five days, and there supped with her, a mighty pleasant, and saw with content her drawings, and so to bed mighty merry. I was much troubled this day to hear at Westminster how the officers to bury the dead in the open tuttle fields pretending want of room elsewhere. Whereas the new chapel churchyard was walled in at the public charge in the last plague time, merely for want of room, and now none, but such as are able to pay dear for it, can be buried there. Nineteenth. Up and to the office, and thence presently to the exchequer, and there with much trouble got my tallies, and afterwards took Mr. Faulkner, Spicer, and another or two to the leg, and there give them a dinner. And so with my tallies, and about thirty dozen of bags, which it seems are my due, having paid the fees as if I had received the money, I away home, and after a little stay, down my water to Deptford, where I find all full of joy, and preparing to go to Dagenham's morrow, To supper, and after supper, to talk without end. Very late I went away, it raining, but I had a design pour aller à la femme de Baguel, and did so. So, away about twelve, and it raining hard, I back to Sir G. Carteret, and there called up the page, and to bed there being all in a most violent sweat. twentieth, Up in a boat among other people to the tower, and there to the office, where we sat all the morning, so down to Deptford and there dined, and after dinner saw my lady sandwich and Mr. Carteret and his two sisters over the water, going to Dagenham's, and my lady Carteret towards Cranbourne. So all the company broke up in most extraordinary joy, wherein I am mighty contented that I have had the good fortune to be so instrumental, and I think it will be of good use to me. So walk to Redriff, where I hear the sickness is, and indeed is scattered almost everywhere. There dying one thousand and eighty-nine of the plague this week. My Lady Carteret did this day give me a bottle of plague water home with me. So home to write letters late, and then home to bed, where I have not lain these three or four nights. I received yesterday a letter from my Lord Sandwich, giving me thanks for my care about their marriage business, and desiring it to be dispatched, that no disappointment may happen therein which I will help on all I can. This afternoon I waited on the Duke of Albemarle, and so to Mrs. Crofts, where I found and saluted Mrs. Burrows, who is a very pretty woman for a mother of so many children, but Lord, to see how the plague spreads, it being now all over King Street, at the axe, and next door to it, and in other places. 21st. Up and abroad to the goldsmiths, to see what money I could get upon my present tallies upon the advance of the excise and I hope I shall get ten thousand pounds. I went also and had them entered at the excise office. Alderman Backwell is at sea. Sir R. Viner come to town but this morning. So Colville was the only man I could yet speak withal to get any money of. Met with Mr. Povey, and I with him, and dined at the Custom House Tavern, there to talk of our Tangier business, and Stockdale and Hewitt with us. So abroad to several places, among others to Antony Joyce's, And there broke to him my desire to have Paul married to Harmon, whose wife, poor woman, is lately dead, to my trouble, I loving her very much, and he will consider it. So home and late at my chamber, setting some papers in order, the plague growing very raging, and my apprehensions of it great. So very late to bed. 22nd. As soon as up, I am on my goldsmiths, Sir Robert Viner and Colville, and there got ten thousand pounds of my new tallies accepted, and so I made it my work to find out Mr. Mervyn, and sent for others to come with their bills of exchange, as Captain Hewitt, etc., and sent for Mr. Jackson, but he was not in town. So all the morning at the office, and after dinner, which was very late, I to Sir Arvinas, by his invitation in the morning, and got near five thousand more accepted, and so from this day the whole, or near fifteen thousand pounds, lies upon interest. Thence I by water to Westminster, and the Duke of Albemarle being gone to dinner to my Lord of Canterbury's, I thither, and there walked and viewed the new hall, a new old-fashioned hall as much as possible, begun, and means left for the ending of it, by Bishop Juxon. not coming proper to speak with him. I to Vauxhall, where to the Spring Garden, but I do not see one guest there, the town being so empty of anybody to come thither. Only while I was there a poor woman come to scold with the master of the house that a kinswoman, I think, of hers, that was newly dead of the plague, might be buried in the churchyard, for, for her part, she should not be buried in the commons, as they said she should. Back to Whitehall, and by and by comes the Duke of Albemarle, and there, after a little discourse, I by coach home, not meeting with but two coaches, and but two carts from Whitehall, to my own house, that I could observe, and the streets mighty thin of people. I met this noon with Dr. Burnett, who told me, and I find in the news book this week that he posted upon the change, that whoever did spread the report that, instead of the plague, his servant was by him killed, it was forgery, and shewed me the acknowledgment of the master of the pest-house, that his servant died of a bubo on his right groin, and two spots on his right thigh, which is the plague. To my office where late writing letters, and getting myself prepared with business for Hampton Court to morrow, And so, having caused a good pullet to be got for my supper, all alone, I very late to bed. All the news is great that we must of necessity fall out with France, for he will side with the Dutch against us, that Alderman Backwell is gone over, which indeed he is, with money, and that Ostend is in our present possession. But it is strange to see how poor Alderman Backwell is like to be put to it in his absence, Mr. Shaw his right hand being ill. And the Alderman's absence gives doubts to people, and I perceive they are in great straits for money, besides what Sir G. Carter had told me about fourteen days ago. Our fleet under my lord sandwich being about the latitude fifty five, which is a great secret, to the northward of the Texel. So to bed very late. In my way I called upon Sir W. Turner and at Mr. Shellcross's, but he was not at home, having left his bill with Sir W. Turner, that so I may prove I did what I could as soon as I had money to answer all bills. twenty third, Lord's day. Up very betimes. Called by Mr. Cutler by appointment and with him in his coach and four horses over London Bridge to Kingston, a very pleasant journey, and at Hampton Court by nine o'clock, and in our way very good and various discourse, as he is a man that, though I think he be a knave, as the world thinks him, yet a man of great experience and worthy to be heard discourse. When we come there, we to Sir W. Coventry's chamber, and there discoursed long with him, he and I alone, the others being gone away, and so walked together through the garden to the house, where we parted, I observing with a little trouble that he is too great now to expect too much familiarity with, and I find he do not mind me as he used to do, but when I reflect upon him and his business I cannot think much of it, for I do not observe anything but the same great kindness from him. I followed the king to chapel, and there hear a good sermon, and after sermon with my Lord Arlington, Sir Thomas Ingram and others, spoke to the duke about Tangier, but not to much purpose. I was not invited any whither to dinner, though a stranger, which did also trouble me, but yet I must remember it is a court, and indeed where most are strangers. But, however, Cutler carried me to Mr. Marriott's, the housekeeper, and there we had a very good dinner and good company, among others Lily, the painter. Thence to the council chamber, where in a back room I sat all the afternoon, but the council began late to sit, and spent most of the time upon Morisco's tar business. They sat long, and I forced to follow Sir Thomas Ingram, the Duke, and others, so that when I got free and come to look for Cutler he was gone with his coach without leaving any word with anybody to tell me so, so that I was forced with great trouble to walk up and down looking of him, and at last forced to get a boat to carry me to Kingston, and there, after eating a bit at a neat inn, which pleased me well, I took boat, and slept all the way without intermission from thence to Queen Hive, where, it being about two o'clock, too late and too soon to go home to bed, I lay and slept till about four, twenty fourth, And then up and home, and there dressed myself, and by appointment to Deptford, to Sir G. Carteret's between six and seven o'clock, where I found him and my lady almost ready, and and by-and-by went over to the ferry, and took coach and six horses nobly for Dagenham's, himself and lady and their little daughter, Luison, and myself in the coach, where, when we come, we were bravely entertained and spent the day most pleasantly with the young ladies, and I so merry as never more. Only for want of sleep and drinking of strong beer had a room in one of my eyes, which troubled me much. Here with great content all the day, as I think I ever passed a day in my life, because of the contentfulness of our errand, and the nobleness of the company, and our manner of going. But I find Mr. Carteret yet as backward almost in his caresses as he was the first day. At night, about seven o'clock, took coach again, but lord, to see in what a pleasant humour Sir G. Carteret hath been both coming and going, so light, so fond, so merry, so boyish, so much content he takes in this business. It is one of the greatest wonders I ever saw in my mind.' But one in discourse he did say that, if he knew his son to be a debauchee, as many and most are nowadays about the court, he would tell it, and my lady Jem should not have him, and so enlarged both he and she about the baseness and looseness of the court, and told several stories of the Duke of Monmouth and Richmond, and some great person, my lord of Ormond's second son, married to a lady of extraordinary quality, fit and that might have been made a wife for the king himself, about six months since? that this great person hath given the pox to, and discoursed how much this would oblige the kingdom if the king would banish some of these great persons publicly from the court, and wished it with all their hearts. We set out so late that it grew dark, so as we doubted the losing of our way, and a long time it was, or seemed, before we could get to the waterside, and that about eleven at night, where, when we come, all merry, only my eye troubled me, as I said, we found no ferry-boat was there, nor no oars to carry us to Deptford. However, afterwards oars was called from the other side at Greenwich, but when it come, a frolic, being mighty merry, took us, and there we would sleep all night in the coach in the Isle of Dogs. So we did, there being now with us my lady Scott, and with great pleasure drew up the glasses and slept till daylight, and then some victuals and wine being brought us, we ate a bit, and so up and took boat, merry as might be, and when come to Sir G. Carteret's, there all to bed. Twenty fifth, Our good humour in everybody continuing, and there I slept till seven o'clock, then up and to the office, well refreshed, my eye only troubling me, which by keeping a little covered with my handkerchief, and washing now and then with cold water, grew better by night. At noon to the change, which was very thin, and thence homeward, and was called in by Mr. Rawlinson, with whom I dined, and some good company, very harmlessly merry. But sad, the story of the plague in the city, it growing mightily. This day my Lord Brunker did give me Mr. Grant's book upon the bills of mortality, new printed and enlarged, thence to my office a while, full of business, and thence by coach to the Duke of Albemarle's, not meeting one coach going nor coming from my house thither and back again, which is very strange. One of my chief errands was to speak to Sir W. Clarke about my wife's brother, who importunes me, and I doubt he do want mightily, but I can do little for him there as to employment in the army and out of my purse I dare not, for fear of a precedent, and letting him come often to me is troublesome and dangerous too, he living in the dangerous part of the town. But I will do what I can possibly for him, and as soon as I can. Mightily troubled all this afternoon, with masters coming to me about bills of exchange, and my signing them upon my goldsmiths, but I did send for them all, and hope to ease myself this week of all the clamour. These two or three days Mr. Shaw at Alderman Buckles hath lain sick, like to die, and is feared will not live a day to an end. At night, home and to bed, my head full of business, and among others, this day come a letter to me from Paris from my Lord Hinchingbrook, about his coming over, and I have sent this night an order from the Duke of Albemarle, for a ship of thirty-six guns, to go to Calais to fetch him. Twenty sixth, Up and after doing a little business, down to Deptford with Sir W. Batten, and there left him, and I to Greenwich, to the park where I hear the king and duke are come by water this morn from Hampton Court. They asked me several questions. The king mightily pleased with his new buildings there. I followed them to Castle's ship in building, and there met Sir W. Batten, and thence to Sir G. Carteret's, where all the morning with them, they not having any but the Duke of Monmouth, and Sir W. Killigrew, and one gentleman, and a page more. Great variety of talk, and was often led to speak to the king and duke. By and by they to dinner, and all to dinner, and sat down to the King, saving myself, which, though I could not in modesty expect yet, God forgive my pride, I was sorry I was there, that Sir W. Batten should say that he could sit down where I could not, though he had twenty times more reason than I, but this was my pride and folly. I down and walked with Mr. Castle, who told me the design of Ford and Ryder to oppose and do all the hurt they can to Captain Taylor in his new ship, the London, and how it comes, and that they are a couple of false persons, which I believe and withal that he himself is a knave too. Down to Woolwich, and there I just saw and kissed my wife, and saw some of her painting, which is very curious, and away again to the king, and back again with him in the barge, hearing him and the duke talk, and seeing and observing their manner of discourse. And God forgive me, though I admire them with all the duty possible, yet the more a man considers and observes them, the less he finds of difference between them and other men, though, blessed be God, they are both princes of great nobleness and spirits. The barge put me into another boat that come to our side, Mr. Holder with a bag of gold to the Duke, and so they away, and I home to the office. The Duke of Monmouth is the most skittish, leaping gallant that ever I saw, always in action, vaulting, or leaping, or clambering. Thence, mighty full of the honour of this day, I took coach and to Kate Joyce's, but she not within, but spoke with Antony, who tells me he likes well of my proposal for Paul to Harmon, but I fear that less than five hundred pounds will not be taken, and that I shall not be able to give though I did not say so to him. After a little other discourse and the sad news of the death of so many in the parish of the plague, forty last night, the bell always going, I back to the exchange, where I went up and sat talking with my beauty, Mrs. Batelier, a great while, who is indeed one of the finest women I ever saw in my life. After buying some small matter, I home, and there to the office, and saw Sir J. Minnes, now come from Portsmouth. I home to set my journal for these four days in order, they being four days of as great content and honour and pleasure to me, as ever I hope to live or desire, or think anybody else can live. For methinks if a man would but reflect upon this, and think that all these things are ordered by God Almighty to make me contented, and even this very marriage now on foot is one of the things intended to find me content in, in my life and matter of mirth, methinks it should make one mightily more satisfied in the world than he is. This day poor Robin Shaw at Backwell's died, and Backwell himself now in Flanders. The king himself asked about Shaw, and being told he was dead, said he was very sorry for it. The sickness has got into our parish this week, and is got, indeed, everywhere, so that I begin to think of setting things in order, which I pray God enable me to put both as to soul and body. 27th. Called up at four o'clock, up and to my preparing some papers for Hampton Court, and so by water to Foxhall, and there Mr. Gordon's coach took me up, and by and by I took up him, and so both thither, a brave morning to ride in, and good discourse with him. Among others he began with me to speak of the Tangier of resigning their employment, and his willingness to come on, of which I was glad, and took the opportunity to answer him with all kindness and promise of assistance. He told me a while since my lord Barclay did speak of it to him, and yesterday a message from Sir Thomas Ingram. When I come to Hampton Court I find Sir T. Ingram and Creed ready with papers signed for the putting of Mr. Gordon in, upon a resignation signed to by Lanyon, and sent to Sir Toss Ingram. At this I was surprised, but yet was glad, and so it passed, but with respect enough to those that are in, at least without anything ill taken from it. I got another order signed about the boats, which I think I should get something by, so dispatch all my business, having assurance of continuance of all hearty love from Sir W. Coventry, and so we stayed and saw the king and queen set out towards Salisbury, and after them the duke and duchess, whose hands I did kiss, And it was the first time I did ever, or did see anybody else, kiss her hand, and it was a most fine white and fat hand. But it was pretty to see the young pretty ladies dressed like men, in velvet coats, caps with ribbons, and with lace bands, just like men. Only the Duchess herself it did not become. They gone, we with great content, took coach again, and hungry, come to Clapham about one o'clock, and creed thereto before us, where a good dinner, the house having dined, and so to walk up and down in the gardens, mighty pleasant. By-and-by comes by promise to me Sir G. Carteret, and viewed the house above and below, and sat and drank there, and I had a little opportunity to kiss and spend some time with the ladies above, his daughter a buxom lass, and his sister Fisant, a serious lady, and a little daughter of hers, that begins to sing prettily. Thence with mighty pleasure with Sir G. Carteret by coach, with great discourse of kindness with him to my Lord Sandwich and to me also, and I every day see more good by the Alliance. Almost at Deptford I light and walked over to Halfway House, and so home, in my way being shown my cousin Patience's house, which seems, at distance, a pretty house. At home, met the weekly bill, where above one thousand increased in the bill, and of them, in all, about one thousand seven hundred of the plague, which hath made the officers this day resolve of sitting at Deptford, which puts me to some consideration what to do. Therefore home to think and consider of everything about it, and without determining anything eat a little supper and to bed full of the pleasure of these six or seven last days. 28. Up betimes and down to Deptford, where, after a little discourse with Sir G. Carteret, who is much displeased with the order of our officers yesterday to remove the office to Deptford, pretending other things, but to be sure it is with regard to his own house, which is much because his family is going away, I am glad I was not at the order-making, and so I will endeavour to alter it. Set out with my lady all alone with her, with six horses to Dagenham's, going by water to the ferry and a pleasant going, and good discourse, and when there very merry, and the young couple now well acquainted. But, a Lord, to see what fear all the people here do live would make one mad. They are feared of us that come to them, insomuch that I am troubled at it, and wish myself away. But some cause they have, for the chaplain, with whom but a week or two ago we were here mighty high disputing, is since fallen into a fever and dead, being gone hence to a friend's a good way off, a sober and a healthful man. These considerations make us all hasten the marriage and resolve it upon Monday next, which is three days before we intended it, Mighty merry all of us, and in the evening with full content, took coach again and home by daylight with great pleasure, and thence I down to Woolwich, where I find my wife well, and after drinking and talking a little, me to bed twenty ninth up betimes, and after viewing some of my wife's pictures, which now she is come to do very finely to my great satisfaction beyond what I could ever look for. I went away and by water to the office, where nobody to meet me, but busy all the morning. At noon to dinner, where I hear that my will is in thither and laid down upon my bed, ill of the headache, which put me into extraordinary fear, and I studied all I could to get him out of the house, and sent my people to work to do it without discouraging him, and myself went forth to the old exchange to pay my fair battelier for some linen, and took leave of her, they breaking up shop for a while, and so by coach to Kate Joyce's and there used all the vehemence and rhetoric I could to get her husband to let her go down to Brampton, but I could not prevail with him, he urging some simple reasons, but most that of profit, minding the house and the distance, if either of them should be ill. However, I did my best, and more than I had a mind to do, but that I saw him so resolved against it, while she was mightily troubled at it? At last he yielded she should go to Windsor to some friends there. So I took my leave of them, believing that it is great odds that we ever all see one another again, for I dare not go any more to that end of the town. So home, and to writing of letters, hard, and then at night home, and fell to my Tangier papers till late, and then to bed, in some ease of mind that Will is gone to his lodging, and that he is likely to do well, it being only the headache. Thirtieth, Lord's Day. Up, and in my nightgown, cap, and neckcloth, undressed all day long, lost not a minute, but in my chamber, setting my Tangier accounts to rights, which I did by night to my very heart's content, not only that it is done, but I find everything right, and even beyond what, after so long neglecting them, I did hope for. The Lord of heaven be praised for it. Will was with me to-day, and is very well again. It was a sad noise to hear our bell to toll and ring so often to-day, either for deaths or burials, I think five or six times. At night weary with my day's work, but full of joy at my having done it, I to bed, being to rise betimes to-morrow to go to the wedding at Dagenham's so to bed, fearing that I've got some coal sitting in my loose garments all this day. Thirty-first, Up and very betimes by six o'clock at Deptford, and there find Sir G. Carteret and my lady ready to go, I being in my new coloured silk suit, and coat trimmed with gold buttons and gold broad lace round my hands, very rich and fine. By water to the ferry where, when we come, no coach there, and tide of herbs so far spent as the horse-boat could not get off on the other side the river to bring away the coach. So we were fain to stay there in the unlucky Isle of Dogs, in a chill place, the morning cool and wind fresh, above two if not three hours, to our great discontent. Yet being upon a pleasant errand, and seeing that it could not be helped, we did bear it very patiently, and it was worth my observing, I thought, as ever anything, to see how upon these two scores Sir G. Carteret, the most passionate man in the world, and that was in greatest haste to be gone, did bear with it, and very pleasant all the while, at least not troubled much so as to fret and storm at it. And on the coach comes, in the meantime, there coming a news thither, with his horse to go over, that told us he did come from Islington this morning, and that Proctor, the vintner of the Mitre in Wood Street, and his son, are dead this morning there, of the plague. He having laid out abundance of money there, and was the greatest vintner for some time in London for great entertainments. We, fearing the canonical hour would be past before we got thither, did, with a great deal of unwillingness, send away the licence and wedding ring, so that when we come, though we drove hard with six horses yet we found them gone from home, and going towards the church met them coming from church, which troubled us. But, however, that trouble was soon over, hearing it was well done, they being both in their old clothes, my lord crew giving her, there being three coachfuls of them, the young lady mighty sad, which troubled me, but yet I think it was only her gravity in a little greater degree than usual. All saluted her, but I did not till my lady sandwich did ask me whether I had saluted her or no.' So to dinner, and very merry we were, but yet in such a sober way as never almost any wedding was in so great families, but it was much better. After dinner company divided, some to cards, others to talk, my lady sandwich and I up to settle accounts and pay her some money, and mighty kind she is to me, and would fain have had me gone down for company with her to Hinchingbrook, but for my life I cannot. At night to supper, and so to talk, and which, methought, was the most extraordinary thing, all of us to prayers as usual and the young bride and bridegroom too, and so after prayers, soberly to bed. Only I got into the bridegroom's chamber while he undressed himself, and there was very merry till he was called to the bride's chamber, and into bed they went. I kissed the bride in bed, and so the curtains drawn with the greatest gravity that could be, and so good night. But the modesty and gravity of this business was so decent, that it was to me indeed ten times more delightful than if it had been twenty times more merry and jovial. Whereas I feared I must have sat up all night, We did here all get good beds and i lay in the same i did before with mr brisbane who is a good scholar and sober man and we lay in bed getting him to give me an account of home which is the most delightful talk a man can have of any traveller and so to sleep my eyes much troubled already with the change of my drink thus i ended this month with the greatest joy that ever i did any in my life because i have spent the greatest part of it with abundance of joy and honour and pleasant journeys and brave entertainments and without cost of money and at last lived to see the business ended with great content on all sides. This evening, with Mr. Brisbane speaking of enchantments and spells, I telling him some of my charms, he told me this of his own knowledge at Bordeaux in France. The words these, Voici un courmot, Roi comme un baston, fort comme un arbre, Léger comme un esprit, Le vent nom de Jésus-Christ. He saw four little girls, very young ones, all kneeling, each of them, upon one knee. And one began the first line, whispering in the ear of the next, and the second to the third, and the third to the fourth, and she to the first. Then the first began the second line, and so round quite through, and putting each one finger only to a boy that lay flat upon his back on the ground, as if he was dead. At the end of the words they did with their four fingers raise this boy, as high as they could reach, and he being there, and wondering at it, as also being afeard to see it, for they would have had him to have bore a part in saying the words in the room of one of the little girls that were so young that they could hardly make her learn to repeat the words, did, for fear there might be some slate used in it by the boy, or that the boy might be light, called the cook of the house a very lusty fellow, as Sir G. Carteret's cook, who is very big, and they did raise him in just the same manner. This is one of the strangest things I ever heard, but he tells it me of his own knowledge, and I do heartily believe it to be true. I inquired of him whether they were Protestant or Catholic girls, and he told me they were Protestant, which made it the more strange to me. Thus we end this month, as I said, after the greatest glut of content that ever I had, only under some difficulty because of the plague, which grows mightily upon us, the last week being about 1700 or 1800 of the plague. My lord sandwich at sea with a fleet of about a 100 sail, to the northward, expecting de Reuter, or the Dutch East India Fleet. My lord Hinchingbrook coming over from France, and will meet his sister at Scotts Hall. Myself having obliged both these families in this business very much, as both my lady and Sir G. Carteret and his lady do confess exceedingly, and the latter do also now call me cousin, which I am glad of. So God preserve us all friends long, and continue health among us. End of July